Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Uh, yep. And there was a there was a decent amount of uh, news this week, or like interesting stuff that's upcoming, anyways. Yeah, uh, exciting news. I, I I think personally. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one of them. I, I kind of. I just got to get into this. The Fast and Furious Crossroads. Uh, hey man, trailer and it was then, delayed. It, see, it's delayed, but we never heard anything since the um, the Game Awards. I know. It's supposed to come out the twenty second of May, and I was like, man, what happened here? Uh, which. Know. What are your impressions of uh, the gameplay they showed? So it just it looks boring. So like that's my thing now is the gameplay they showed was all gameplay. There was like no cutscenes or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looked boring. I guess like it didn't look bad necessarily. It was just like, uh, you you played a lot of Forza Horizon. You know the missions where you like race against like blimps and shit right or like the weird stuff it looks like it's that except instead of just racing against things it's like a rocket or Um, armored vehicles and then you like kind of fight them there was some combat i guess maybe i didn't pay close enough attention well i assume there was combat like i assume they were like shooting something or like because there was like a health bar wasn't there Oh, I, yeah. So, like, they're attacking the things. Like, right. They all seem like weird armored vehicles and shit. Uh, and so, like, it just looked kind of bland. Not like a terrible gameplay mechanic or anything, but I, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> My one thing about this game, and I'm not entirely sure how to ask this, but, like, yeah. I guess the simple question is do you think this is going to be a $60 game? Uh, I don't think it should be. I think it is going to be, yes. Because, like, it looks like it should be a $20 to $30 game. Yeah. But because of the license, it's probably going to end up being a $60 game, right? Like, let me see. Is there an Amazon listing for it? I guess I haven't looked it up. Um, That's a good question. Um, I, I guess you can kind of Google that. I'm just kind of wondering because, like, I think we're both in agreement. It doesn't look terrible. It just doesn't look great. And $60 seems like that's going to be a lot for that game. So it does. Uh, it is an official listing and it has the cover art and everything. It is $60. Yeah, I, I figured just the license alone would push that up to a $60 product. Drive iconic cars <sighs> from the Fast and the Furious franchise. The good news is now that it's going to be August, I don't think there's really anything else happening in August. So. everything's kind of gotten out of the way of that one yeah they knew that they couldn't (laughs) uh compete (laughs) so my my main takeaway from that trailer other than that it just looks like kind of boring is uh they actually did get vin diesel tyrese gibson and michelle rodriguez to voice act yes and uh somehow Vin Diesel sounds like the best voice actor of all of them. I know. <laughs> How is, is that possible? I like he is not. I mean, I love Vin Diesel. No one take this the wrong way. He's not like a good actor. No, like he's like a strong guy. And that's <laughs> what's cool is that he can punch real good in the movies and, and he can, he can catch... play like a dumb meathead. You know he, what I mean? Yeah, he can catch uh, motors. 
Exactly. Oh god, that scene is so tight. I fucking <laughs> love the Fast and the Furious. But like yeah, and so then there's the other voice actors who are like mm-hmm. not real actors and they sound bad. <laughs> uh so, so the thing I'm most excited for about this game is I I live to see what the human interaction cutscenes are like. Like I think it will be the funniest shit on the planet. Yeah, I think that's going to be its one saving grace is I think it has potential to be so bad it somehow becomes <laughs> at least like funny good. So that's what I want it to be mm-hmm. uh, because like uh, j- this trailer not showing any of those cinematics or interactions or anything just looks like, oh, this is like an OK driving game that will right. get boring very quickly. But then so. if you get the like the the dumbest cutscene after like a 20 minute you know, a gameplay segment, you know, maybe it would be okay. It was all worth it then. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like this, this game has the potential to be your crackdown three. And how it do does. you feel? How do you feel about that? Pretty good. I was looking for my <laughs> own personal crackdown three. <laughs> Just keep in mind, crackdown three was in my top five last year. So yeah, I don't think this is going <laughs> to be in my top five. <laughs> Because I, uh, I've played some games I actually quite enjoy this year, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Fast and the Furious Crossroads. There, okay, this thing is trying to say that some actor that's like one of the new characters is from The Walking Dead in Star Trek Discovery, and then this other girl is from Orange is a New Black. No one sounds like a professional actor in this trailer. Um, yeah. And it could be out of context, I guess. I guess. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they're like, we got this great actor, and then they are like not necessarily a good voice actor. <laughs> or they just kind of phone it in. Yeah, it's really obvious when they phone it in. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. This game shouldn't even exist, so... I still think about how... They ended the VGAs with this game. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. And, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, in fairness, they were going to show Half-Life Alex, but then Valve, like, just kind of pulled out at the last second. So then they had to just have this. But it's just funny to think about. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> uh. <sighs> Uh, now we could kind of go back and talk about the wholesome direct that was on Tuesday, I believe, correct? Yes, Tuesday, like 1 p.m., I think, or something. Now, did you watch this? Uh, I watched some of it, not all of it. Okay. I mainly was able to like pick out things that I was interested in uh, outside of that. The main thing for me was that Ooblets is coming out very soon, quote-unquote, in early access. Yes. <laughs> I that's cool. I can't wait. I hope they mean within the next month. But whenever things say very soon, that is just such a nebulous nothing term. Yeah. I just I don't even I have no idea what that means. I mean, we're kind of in the same same boat there. I do know the game. It's going to be an Xbox one. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So I think I read the tweet that said it will be early access on 
both PC and Xbox One. I'm just kind of wondering if like it'll be like a Game Pass game. If they're that's like what they're holding. I, I don't know what they're it just seems weird to not give a date if it's coming out soon, you know? Yeah, and that is weird. And then like the other thing that makes it strange is like on PC at least, it's an epic exclusive. Yes. Uh so Which it may also be on like the Windows store. It may just be like not on Steam. Yeah. Because there's a lot of those deals as well. Yeah. Uh, the other main thing is like there were a bunch of games that I had already like I have on my list of comically long indie games and stuff and not a whole lot of them were things that like are even coming out soon or whatever like there are a lot of games that seemed like they tried to show were being announced for the first time that I have like followed for years like there was one uh, that I actually thought the developer had given up on it was called Button City and it was like this fox and his friends and they like go to this arcade thing Mm -hmm. that developer i followed them on twitter and they hadn't updated in over a year so i thought it was really bizarre that they like re-announced it at this thing yeah and it it might just be a case of they're like well let's just kind of like make it seem like it's an announcement because chances are most people don't even know about these games. Yeah. So. And then uh Spirit Fairer had a new like one minute trailer and that game continues to look just the best. Yeah, which you had played it already. Like you played the, the mm-hmm. demo. Yeah, I played the demo and I really enjoyed it. But I that new trailer, just everything about that game, the more I see of it, the more I'm just like, oh please. Mm-hmm. I just I want a release date so bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's another one that I think it said later this year. Yeah, they keep saying that it will definitely come out in 2020, so that's good at least. Yes. Um, for me, the two games that kind of stood out is Errand Boy, which is kind of like a game that you just kind of run around and just kind of complete tasks in this kind of... It's not really an open world, but it's kind of like an openish area type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of doing various errands. And then the other game was Ali Oop where it's a skateboarding dog yeah (laughs) uh there were actually a couple dog games like there was one about a dog shelter like running a dog shelter that actually looked pretty interesting that is a mobile game that is a mobile game really I'll, i'll try that out interesting I I don't know if it's just iOS or whatever, but um, yeah, because it's it's not just a dog shelter. It's like for older dogs. Oh, okay. Uh, So just keep that in mind, because if it's an older dog, if it has older dogs then some might die, Manny. So I know. And that's just really troubling. (laughs) But but you can love them. Oh, the dogs. Yeah, that I. I yeah this list of indie games I have it yeah. has so many games about dogs on oh. it <laughs> so like the, there's one that is coming out sometime soon called paparazzi where like literally all you do is just like take pictures of dogs <laughs> there was another one where you're like walking around in air. It, it wasn't dogs but you were like taking pictures of stuff oh yeah uh, toem toem yes which was another one that I had on my list already uh <laughs> And yeah, that game looks pretty cool too. Yeah. So Yeah, it was just interesting and like this is this was 50-ish games announced and then like right after this uh I can't remember 
I think it was the Escapist announced they're having a showcase of a bunch of indie games in a week or two. Oh, nice. So I, there's going to be a bunch of like other indie game showcases like this, which mm-hmm. seems uh, that that's cool. Yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah, like, that's awesome because yeah. you know, it, it really seems like uh, kind of funny what they did a couple of years ago has kind of sparked other people to be like, hey, we should do this. Yeah. Which is perfect because like it's a great way to get these smaller indie games, you know, out there because there's not a lot of great assets for finding any indie games. You know, there's a there's an uh YouTube channel I follow, Get Indie Gaming, but other than that, there's not a lot of great options. Yeah, and like we've talked about it before, but Steam has become such a desolate wasteland of 800 games coming out per day that things just get buried and stuff. So it's and like half of them are just like anime titties. Oh, definitely more than half. <laughs> That's... Uh, to the point where I'm like, I should probably just go through my Steam because like you can like block out certain like with like words and stuff and just be like anime titties. I don't want to see any games about anime titties. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um the next one it's a leak uh from the PlayStation official magazine that is breaking down it's I believe yeah, it's uh they say 38 games, but there's not 38 games on this list and I think it's because there's a second page. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I did. So I think there is supposed to be a second page. Um, because because if you look, it stops at R. It's all alphabetical. It stops yeah. at R. And this list is not all 38 games. No. So, but one thing that's missing is Horizon Zero Dawn. So, well, there's really not any Sony stuff. So that could mean there one of the things. There is no Sony stuff. So that's one of the things that I think is like, this does look real, right? Like this yes. is from a magazine. Yes, this looks um, legit. And so I guess we can transition into the thing that I, I put last on the list was uh, that tweet that we had talked about that Jeff Grubb put out saying that there would be an event in early June where they yes. revealed the PlayStation 5 and games. That is true. Uh, it is happening on um, June 4th at 4 p.m. EST, 1 p.m. PST. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I thought was hilarious was Jason Schreier tweeted it out. I wrote it in here that Sony was so worried about this leaking, which obviously already happened because of Jeff Grubb, right. but they were so worried that they changed it so many times that multiple developers that are showing games didn't even know what day it was going to be. I saw Corey Barlog tweet out who Sony Santa Monica got a war director was like, I was wondering when this was going to be. So yeah. Like, <laughs> so like high ups in Sony didn't even know. No. So I just think like stuff like that's really mm. funny to me because it's right. like, man, like it's not that big a deal. Like if your shit like slightly leaks or whatever, I, at least I don't think so. Uh, well, I think so, it, sometimes it even builds the hype. Well, it depends if like games get leaked kind of like this list. It, it can kind of make things a little bit less exciting. But if you find out that, oh, it's good, there's going to be a PlayStation event early June, like that doesn't ruin anything if that becomes true. So No. And so like with this list, what I was going to say is, uh, according to a lot of those tweets about that event, they were going to show first party launch games as well, in theory. Right. And like this list doesn't have that. So maybe this is only third parties. But like the thing is, it stops at R. Yeah, 
So, like, I, I have a feeling the rest of them would just be, like, S-T-U-V-W, whatever. Mm. Uh, so, uh, looking at this list, is there anything that, like, kind of sounds interesting? Like, I know we we only get, like, a, two sentences at most. But... Uh, I mean, not not necessarily to me, I don't think. Uh, me, there's two. It's the quantum error. And the description is Doom meets control in this dimension breaking FPS that could be a surprise shot of fun. This indie dev is ambitious. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, like that's uh, that sounds kind of cool. Um... And then the other one is redo enhanced edition pixel art on your PS5. Hardly why you're going going next gen. But this post apocalypse Metroidvania has proved popular. I just like Metroidvania. So that one's just like, oh, yeah. I'll definitely keep an eye on that one as well. But a lot of these we already knew were games anyways, so it's not yeah, really Yeah, like that. Dauntless is one, right? So like Dauntless has been out for a long time. <clears throat> well, and it's the EA Sports games, which it's they're saying Ray Traced Ice on the NHL. So that could be kind of cool, but I It could pr- be. I probably won't buy it anyways. Uh but like Outriders, we already knew about that and Godfall, Gods and Monsters, Assassin's Creed, Dirt 5 was already announced at the Xbox event. Uh, the only thing on this list that makes me think that it's not real is the fact that anyone would remake Gothic. Um well, here's my counter to that. Yeah. <laughs> PlayStation just remade Medieval. They did, but like I don't know. I maybe Gothic was more popular than I thought. But like to me, it always just seemed like a weird kind of niche PC RPG thing. But keep in mind it's THQ Nordic that owns this. It is. And they're gonna just want to get something out there, I assume. Yeah, maybe and, maybe the Gothic franchise is way more popular than I am aware of, but that that one just seems weird to me. Uh sure. I'm just I I don't think it's that weird that like just a random game gets remade to kind of see if like maybe the franchise has any legs. Uh, yeah, especially possibly. especially at a launch where there's not going to be a lot of games to begin with so you're going to be competing with less like now would be the time to get that out there and yeah that's true and a remake would be low risk yeah i would definitely i guess you're right especially at a launch of a console where if it was like gothic 4 a sequel that would be weirder i think yeah um so that is so that's kind of the uh <clears throat> the the list of leaks and then as we said that there's going to be event which they said it was going to be an hour the playstation event mm-hmm. and do you think we'll finally see what it looks like i think they're going to show what it looks like but i believe it was said that it, they will not say price or release date well the release so. dates uh they did say it's going to be holiday so well yeah but that's not like an actual no that's not a pinpoint date but we don't expect a pinpoint date at this time no Um, my prediction with how it looks is people are going to overreact one way or another and ultimately it's not going to matter uh no i mean it definitely doesn't matter i just want to know if it looks like 
those dev kit photos like, it's is not it, going to look can like it that. hold a pizza slice <laughs> it won't look like that i doubt <laughs> it's def- the only thing I, the only thing i care about is i need it to be flat on top <laughs> i <laughs> every time i look at my ps3 i get so mad why the fuck is it rounded oh you can't okay. you can't stack it well like you can't stack the xbox either well no oh. the the Xbox One, which I guess the new Xbox you can't either. I mean, I did I do stack my Xbox One. Well, I guess yours doesn't have the fan on the top, right? No, it does. Oh, it does, and you still stack. You put stuff yeah. on top of it, or do you? Put no, I had it at the top of the stack. That well, so in that sense, it is kind of stackable. But yeah, you mm-hmm. definitely don't want to put like your PlayStation on top of your Xbox. That's no. all I'm saying. That's a no, no. <laughs> But I kind of expect it to look like what consoles have looked like the last, you know, probably you know ten years or so. I it's, guess, but like the Xbox Series X is like v- more vertical. Yes, which is weird. It is weird, and not ideal for like putting a thing in a like uh, con like a home console. For your uh, TV and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yes, the center, like, uh, yeah. Um, uh, but I don't even like putting my consoles into the like the the entertainment stands because I find it gets hot in there, and I'm like, I don't want to like have it get hot, and then like I'm worried about it like melting or something. So yeah, like, that is I I see where you're coming from on that, especially with newer hardware. Right, where like you st- when you if you leave it in like the little slot, you stick your hand in there and you're like, oh my god, it's so hot in there. So you've seen like my apartment, and I I have them off to the like off to the side and just kind of out where they are, getting a little more breathing. So I don't know if it matters, but it makes me feel better. Yeah. Um. The final. Oh, I didn't even. I just noticed the Marvel Avengers War Table, June fourth. I forgot I put that on there. Um, did you see this? No. It is there an event for the Marvel Avengers game? Yes. Twenty fourth of June. Yes, and they're calling it the War Table, which has me excited that maybe they'll bring back all the voice actors and they'll be sitting around talking about uh, the characters and how deep they are. <laughs> i oh my god that fucking e3 press conference dude like yeah tell us more about who iron man is because fucking no one knows that in 2019 come on that was really funny that was unbelievable mm-hmm. i just was i while that was happening i was like this is fake like this can't <laughs> this can't be a real fucking thing that someone in 2019 was like yeah tell tell them about iron man like, come on what uh realistically it won't, won't be that and they'll probably just kind of break down what the game is but they did further commit to the release date of whatever september is and they said there will be more news june 24th okay it was a very short like one and a half minute trailer so yeah yeah and then I saw that. I saw War Table, and it reminded me of that E three press conference where they had all the voice actors. So. Oh, <laughs> that was that was really funny. That was. Uh, and then the last bit of news is the PlayStation State of Play that was this week. 
Did you watch this? I did, yes. Okay. How did you feel when they killed the last remaining Vita owner? I started to giggle when I was like, is that a Vita? Yeah, she had a Vita. And and Ellie just walked right past it. That was the only that was the only part I have seen because people memed that to death. Oh, so you uh, didn't actually watch this? N- no, I watched that scene because I there were actually a lot of really funny tweets. Yes. Uh, like one of them was <laughs> uh, The Last of Us is supposed to be a believable game, but it takes place in the year like 2038 and someone's playing a Vita. So that's definitely not believable. <laughs> well, how did they charge it? That's right. Yeah, right. How did they charge it? Uh, and then like it, other websites had headlines like the last remaining Vita owner dies in The Last of Us 2 <laughs> or so like stuff like that. It's just ridiculous. It was really weird that it, why they had that in there, but whatever. Yeah. Um. But honestly, watching it, there wasn't a lot of new stuff that they showed. It was because like, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember this, but it was maybe six months ago. They had that like press event where they brought press out and then they played the game for like a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They pretty much just kind of showed more of that. And so it was a lot of stuff we already kind of knew, at least gameplay wise. It does seem like there are going to be more open areas, not necessarily like The Last of Us, or not The Last of Us, like Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, open area like that one, what, like that one huge area was, but it's just going to be like more like open combat arenas where you can kind of attack things at different, you know, different ways if you want to be stealthy or if you want to kind of. Yeah. And so like the review embargo is up in a week or so. Which just um, seems so. So early. most reviewers have it already. I listened to Greg Miller talk about it a bit, and it seems like it is a lot more open. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you might also like take horses like from area to area sometimes. Which they've shown her riding horses. Yeah. So, so it seems like there are some areas where it's like traversal, where it's like slightly more open, but it does still seem to be largely like a more linear type thing. Mm. I there is like some new gameplay type that is emerging that is somewhere in between linear and open world. And I don't yet know what to call it in my brain, but it's, it's whatever that is. Yeah. Kind of like God of war was. Yeah. Um, the tomb Raider series was doing this, has been doing this for a while too, where it's kind of like small open areas, I guess you would just kind of say. Yeah. Um, I guess mass effect was kind of like that too, where they weren't necessarily, well, at least especially the first one where it wasn't necessarily open worlds, but they were like huge. Well, I guess they were kind of like open worlds, but just like a lot of smaller open worlds. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much The Last of Us. Uh, I, you got the big part of The Last of Us, which was the, the Vita girl. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like it comes out in what, like two, a little over two weeks. So. Uh, yeah, the 19th, I believe. Yeah, so it's it's coming soon. Yes, very, very exciting. Mm. Um, which I do want to say, with how early Sony's gotten this game out, I think they're very confident with it. Yeah, I, I think they are as well. All right, you ready to get into the games we've been playing? Of course. Um, what is Signs of Sojourner? 
So I bought two indie games. I only ended up playing one of them. I beat this, actually. So Signs of Sojourner is really weird and kind of hard to explain. It is a card game. Oh, I added this you, to my wish list. Okay. You use it to the cards are used to complete conversation. So it's it's basically like a visual novel esque thing where you use cards as the mechanic to get through the conversation. So um, the crux of the story is you are this young adult, probably like uh, mid to late twenties and your mother passes away and she owned this shop uh, and it was like the main crux of the town. And so she would go every month with this caravan of cars to go to other nearby villages and buy supplies that she could then resell at the shop. Okay. Um, so she, she has passed away. And so now it is up to you to do that in her stead. Um, and your best friend stays behind to like man the shop. Uh, so you go with the caravan and you get a choice to talk to um, like a certain amount of people in the town uh, and like near their head when you're picking, there will be like two symbols. So like at the beginning, they're all a circle and a triangle. Right. Um, and when you go into the conversation with them, they will like say something and then it will show a uh, like row where you're supposed to put cards down. And what'll happen is they will put down a card and on one side, it will have a symbol and on the other side, it'll have another. So like say they put down one where a circle is on the left and a triangle is on the right. You then have to play a card where you have a triangle on the left so that the two triangles are touching. And, and, and then you just keep doing that to fill out like a line, correct? Yeah. So usually it depends on the person and how well you have gotten along with them in the past. Uh, so it can be anywhere between three to five mm -hmm. cards that you have to do in a chain. Um, and it starts off relatively simple. And like if you connect, I can't remember if it's four or five of the same symbol in a row, you get like a free screw up. So like you can just play anything on the next one and it doesn't like detract. So okay. to get through each conversation, usually there are a certain amount of like good outcomes to end it or a certain amount of bad outcomes to end it. And good outcomes are where you match correctly. Bad outcomes is where you match incorrectly. Or... Yeah. So each time you match incorrectly, they'll be like, oh, so like what? You're not listening or like you're upset with me or whatever. And they get slightly mad. Uh and it's, it's just an interesting system. So it starts off really simple. And I was like, wow, this is like kind of really easy. Right. Until it preyed upon who I am as a person. <laughs> okay. So this is where, this is where like in games, I always try to take like the most middle path. Like usually I don't min max things unless it's like super apparent that you need to do that. So like I'll be like, oh, well, I can like have a little bit of charisma and like a little bit of strength and like it'll be work out in the end and everybody will be fine with me. Well, in fairness, a lot of like AAA games, they kind of allow that because they realize people just kind of want to get a little bit of everything. 
Yeah. And people aren't going to replay the game, you know, five times to get all the different to see everything. So they kind of encourage and allow people to just kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. But in this case, I'm guessing they want you to commit one way or the other. So that's where it gets weird. It's like the first three or four towns you go to, everybody has the same symbols. They have the circle and the triangle. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, so like I can talk to all these people or whatever. And when you finish each interaction, whether you win or lose, there are three cards that you can choose from to put in your deck, but you have to erase one of the cards from your deck. So you, do you have to take a new card? You have to. And then you have to erase one of your old ones. Okay. Yes. And so where that gets really weird is then all of a sudden you're introduced to these people who just like all of a sudden this guy's got a diamond in a square, right? Like I lit, you literally can't match with them. And so then even though you fail the conversation, you can take one, you have to take one of those cards. Mm. And so then you come back around the next time and you're trying to talk to those people with the circles and the triangles and you're like, fuck, I keep drawing these cards right, with these other symbols. And so it makes it hard. And so I was just like, oh, well, it'll be fine. I'll be able to like, in the end, I'll be able to interact with all these people. But instead there were like four different like sets of things. And so I had to pick one. <laughs> and so then at a certain point i decided that i shouldn't even talk to certain people because i didn't even want to be forced (laughs) to pick up their cards right and so it's one of those things where it's like fuck i can't like do how i normally do things like there is no taking just like a middle stance like you have to pick Mm -hmm. a thing which leads to interesting gameplay stuff because you're just like oh i guess i'll just go for these people um And I got you're supposed to follow the caravan around and like certain paths will take you a certain amount of days. And the longer you're out on the road, uh, you accrue these fatigue cards, which match with nothing. Oh, oh. Uh, great. (laughs) So like at a certain point, you've been out on the road for so long and you have like six of these cards that are randomly matched in your deck. And it's just like, oh, fuck, like I can't do anything. Right. And so where it gets really hard is you do eventually have to go back to your hometown and deliver your items. And then it always makes you have a conversation with your best friend, but you're so tired that it always goes super shitty. And I always felt so bad. I was like, oh man, (laughs) why is this happening? Um, And then once you, once you rest in the town, it gets rid of all the fatigue and you go out again. Um, but you have the option to either follow the caravan or eventually you can just go out on your own and do whatever. Right. And so I fairly quickly started going around and doing whatever, just because you can find different alternate paths, uh, depending on how conversations go. Sometimes people will like, let you know about shortcuts or tell you about new places that you couldn't have gotten before. And shortcuts, I assume allow you to get there faster. So then you won't be fatigued. Yep. Correct. So, yep. So there is like a gameplay. Uh, element there how long is the game uh it took me three hours to get the bad ending (laughs) okay and that kind of answers another question i was going to ask is there a fail state which it seems so it's not it's not necessarily a fail state i just didn't get what is the best ending quote unquote like so so the whole goal is to try to convince the caravan to not kick your town off their route okay and they decided that I sucked and that we needed to get kicked off the route. In my opinion, that was a good thing, (laughs) but it was not for the economy of the town. (laughs) Yeah, that seems, yeah. 
And so, like, the ending that I got, I was satisfied with, which is probably why I won't play through it again, even though it would probably be kind of interesting, Mm -hmm. is because it was just like, oh, I feel like this is, like, the right ending, because fuck those guys, right? Right. Uh, Which I I don't know. Maybe they're actually really good people, and I just didn't hang out with them enough to learn that. But most people will probably just have a different experience when they play through the game, depending on who they choose to talk to and what cards they choose to get. Right. Um, But my favorite mechanic is that one of the ways they give you to get rid of fatigue is you, so you have like five trips around the map and after the fifth trip, the game is over. Um, But it's the second trip. You meet a dog named thunder and all of the cards he plays in the conversation have rainbow paw prints on both sides. (laughs) And that means they match with anything. So like you just like have this conversation with a dog and it doesn't matter what you play. And he's just like, man, dogs are sick. And then you get less tired. Oh, nice. After you have the conversation with him. So sometimes like he'll just be in a town and you can talk to him to have less fatigue. And I, I thought that was pretty good. I assume you talk to him as much as you possibly. Oh, every time possible. Yeah. yeah. But like I, I started failing some conversations later in the game, but it seemed like I also could have unlocked shortcuts to like weird rest areas that would let you get rid of fatigue and stuff like that. So there is, there is a lot of stuff in there. It's, it's interesting, um, but it is mostly reading and just playing those short card game things. And like, even if you fail the, each encounter, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you might miss out on a certain like, line of dialogue or something right uh now at the end of the year we have kind of like our game of the year categories Mm -hmm. do you think any of the characters in this game have a potential to be in like that like the conversation of like best character uh i think i would have to play it again uh (laughs) just because now i know like what i should do to Mm -hmm. probably have more conversations with people so the Uh, dog is not a lock yet that's what not yet me. but i okay. do love thunder he is the best uh so where did you play this like because i know it's on you can play it on pc or switch uh, i played it on pc because mm. i know you love your switch and stuff so i didn't know if like it seems like that game would work well on switch yeah it would it would work well i mean you don't really have to do a lot i guess Mm. like to move cards or anything so on pc it doesn't work with a controller it only worked with the mouse ah um but that that was fine for me right yeah i i enjoyed it it was an interesting like thought experiment i guess because it kind of revealed a little bit about like how i approach conversations in real life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so then when you fail the conversations you're like man fuck i (laughs) (laughs) because you're like trying to have the best possible outcome i mean no most people don't go into a conversation with the intent for it to go poorly but sometimes i would just have to start a conversation and be like well i guess this is just gonna go to the shitter uh, because i i can't match with them so now do you kind of have the same deck always or is it like a large deck and then at the start of each conversation you only pull like 10 cards or something. Uh, I think it is. You always, I can't remember if it's eight or 10 cards in the deck. Okay. And so you draw like, uh, I think it's four cards for your hand. And then you can only play those four up to those four cards. type. Of so thing. yeah, you draw a card each turn. Mm-hmm. So then like you'll play one and then you just draw one. So you always have the same amount oh, okay. in your hand. Uh, but then there are weird mechanics later on where like you can like, 
cards can get special abilities so like certain ones that are introduced are like if you play this card your hand gets shuffled and you draw all new cards Mm -hmm. or uh you play this card and then the opponent has to play two cards in a row or you play this card and then you can see your opponent's hand so you know what to play to not fuck up right stuff like that so they it does get like slightly more layered as it goes but it always is the same core of like matching these symbols and like sometimes people's symbols change like later on in the game they introduce a new symbol that's like this weird pink squiggly line that represents like sadness oh (laughs) uh just because like some some stuff happens in some towns later in the game uh and so then it was like, well, I don't have any of this card either. And it just, yeah, it, int- it introduces a bunch of s- interesting scenarios. Yeah. Oh. I had another question, but now I kind of forgot <laughs> what I was going to ask. So, damn. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I lost no, my good. train of thought. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting game. I'm actually glad that I chose oh. to play this one for this week over the other game that I had picked up um just because i think it's like more interesting to talk about i guess yes just because it's a it's a it's a unique concept yeah which i now that you now that i kind of looked it up it's like okay this is on my wish list i just realized i remembered the question i was going to ask you um how long is each quote-unquote battle i don't know if that's the right conversation uh, yeah i guess that's not I, I don't know what you'd call it either i guess conversation uh like very short i i mean you could finish each one in like two minutes okay. if that like you, you can you can go along pretty quick like you just play a card and they'll play one immediately after so there's no like wait or anything so it it goes as fast as you can read i guess so it's as fast as you can kind of like see okay i'm just yeah. gonna keep matching the symbol to whatever they play so mm-hmm. okay cool yeah. uh and now you've also been playing pso2 dude oh my fucking god i played pso2 when it like first came out in japanese right there was a english translation thing that you could use to play it this may be the worst launch of a game i can remember in recent memory really i haven't paid paid attention to this at all uh so it's fine on xbox one like it launched on xbox one last month totally fine no issues whatever this i guess there was not a windows 10 version of pso2 in japan for a long time and so this english version isn't necessarily the same as what the japanese pc version is okay and so like it's so fucking broken and uh, so this is an example uh the servers were under a lot of stress the first day which makes sense i mean people have been waiting for this game for nine years right right uh and part part of why i think this is such a disastrous launch is because i don't think they mitigated expectations at all like i i've seen a lot of people who had no idea this game was nine years old ah and that's very apparent right? <laughs> like when you play it. I mean, and like it, it does feel dated in some ways, which I expected, but that's whatever. I, it took forever to install like forever. I waited five and a half hours for it to patch because the servers were so slammed. Mm. I can't make this shit up. I edited the like uh, resolution and the audio and I saved it. I opened the game and it didn't save my settings. So I exited the game 
I changed them again. I tried to open it and it told me it couldn't find the game anymore <laughs> on my computer. I was just like, yeah, the game's gone. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? The game's gone. <laughs> right. It was like telling me it couldn't find the EXE. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I looked around and I guess a lot of people are having that problem. The game just like disassociates itself from itself. Mm. And so I, I fixed that and got in, but then and the Japanese version, there are like 20 some ships, which can fit like 3000 people per ship or whatever. They only have three ships open in the US version and they're all full always. And so it's very hard to get into the game to play gonna, it. So ships are servers. Yeah, basically. Okay. And so they're all full. If you do get in, there are so many people in each lobby that it's literally unplayable. Like no. it lags at a level that is unacceptable. <laughs> so like you have to leave the lobby if you even want to like look at the menus and stuff, which the Japanese version's not like that. And there are more players. That's weird. And so it's bizarre. And like, there are a whole bunch of strange things with the resolution and things like that, where it's just like, I don't know how they thought like this was an acceptable port of this game. Um, So much so that the people who made the English translation patch that they use a program to do that. It's called PSO tweaker and they're Japanese fans. Actually, they are fixing the U S version of the game. Oh, you can use the, exe i used to play the translated japanese version to fix most of the issues with the u.s version (laughs) which is which is insane right like they shouldn't have to do that and so fans are the ones fixing this but what i think is the most egregious thing of it all is you can see the fourth fifth and sixth servers are there they're just not open weird And so, like, there's no reason, especially, like, a couple days in that they should not have opened those. So now I'm in a situation where Nugio made a character on ship one. It's always full. I literally can't even get into it. So I made one on ship three, which is also still so laggy in the lobby that it's barely playable. So now do I, like, wait for ship one to become free so I can make a character and play with Nugio? Or do I have him start over on three or do we just wait for another one to open up okay this is gonna sound stupid but i've never played an mmo yeah you can't carry your character over from like it's not like a saved on your system and you can't go into any you just can't go into any server you're like that character's stuck in that server yeah so that's that's like just an mmo thing so they're on that specific server and so Games that are not this, like uh, World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV, you can pay real money to switch servers if you really really want to do that. Um, Is it really that? Okay, that's weird. It's just, it's where the data is stored, right? So they're moving it from one physical place to another. Um, But like the data can't be stored on your your end and then just... So if the data is stored locally on your end, there would be rampant cheating. Oh, yeah. Because you could just edit the data. But then you're just cheating yourself because it's like, that's. Well, you are. But so the thing, then the thing with MMOs is like, then you're also like, there's an economy that can't be broken and like they charge real money for stuff. So like, I, I get it from their perspective. I agree with you. And like, especially this game. (laughs) <laughs> you should be able to just do whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I it, 
it's just driving me mad. So like, I want to play it, but every time I turn it on, I'm frustrated. And I'm like, am I even going to use this character next week? Mm-hmm. If I play this again, like what? Yeah. I guess I'm just coming from like, you're a big fan of wow. And then you meet someone else and you're like, Oh, they also like, wow. But then you can't play together because you're on different servers and you're just like, Oh, okay. It just seems like such a weird, but I, I understand like why it just like having never been in, have never played a game like that. It's just kind of weird and foreign to me. Yeah. So like that happens in like final fantasy 14 and stuff as I had people who were on different servers. And right. You can't play together. At least games like, I don't know if world of Warcraft has this, but final fantasy 14 does now is bigger quests. You can search for people cross server, which that makes sense. Cause like, yeah, that wouldn't make any big difference. I would assume. No. It, so like, you're just going into an instance with those players. Like you're right. being match make together. It's just, you're not going to be able to walk together in a city or something. So it's, it's not that big a deal, but right. yeah. PSO two has some bigger stuff like that. I don't know that you can search cross ship or not. Um, but yeah, it just like it it seems so fucked up and I've seen a lot of people saying they're just going to wait for the Steam version because <laughs> a lot of the problems are being caused by the Microsoft store. Ah, yeah. So it's just weird. And like then they made all of the like microtransaction stuff tied to purchases in the Windows store. So like it's not even in the Game Pass launcher. It's like just in the Microsoft. Store. It's, it's just a bizarre thing. I yeah I don't know I actually thought about downloading the Xbox version because I guess it doesn't really have many problems and I can still play with PC players if I really want to so do you think it's just because there are a lot less Xbox players playing the game uh I just think it seems like a better port (laughs) which is weird because like this game it was a PC game before so I don't know how it got goofed up this bad but yeah do you think this is on Microsoft or more of like a Sega? Uh, I would bet this is a Sega problem. Because other than PSO, this game, I mean, how much experience do they have with like MMOs and online games, really? Mm, yeah, that I don't know. I mean, they did Fantasy Star Online and like Fantasy Star Universe were both like similar type things that right. they did for years. So I, I, mean, I, I don't is- know. This is a 10-year-old game that they yeah, had right. this stuff solved 10 years ago. So. 10 years ago. That's why, like, this whole thing. And, like, I just expected, like, a regular person. I was like, oh, yeah. this game's nine years old. It's fine. It's just now it's in English. And download it, and it's fine. It takes five hours to download to then be, like, the worst experience ever. And I was like, man, what? You know what this reminds me of? Like, I think it was, like, five years ago, the Master Chief Collection. Oh, yeah, when it was super fucked up, and you're like, I could play Halo before. Yeah, it's like, like, what happened here? All you had to do is take five great games and put them on, or four great games and put them on one disc, and you're done, and you guys fucked that up. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where you have, like, such low expectations, and like it, and somehow they don't even meet that bar yeah, you're, you're like, like holy shit like yeah what are my expectations for this nine-year-old product <laughs> my bare minimum expectation was that it works yeah yeah and i didn't even get that properly <laughs> like your concern would be like oh how's this gonna see is it gonna seem like very outdated because it's 10 years old like, but instead you're just like i can't i don't even know if it feels outdated what i find even more baffling is i never had that lag in the lobby using mm-hmm. a fucking vpn to japan Japan. Yeah, which VPN? To a server in Japan, which would yeah. be like the worst latency on earth. Yeah. And yet it was still always fine. And this is just sucks ass. It's 
it's just so crazy. <laughs> that is bizarre. <laughs> so yeah, then we just stopped and played Terraria again last night. <laughs> uh, sure. So I don't know, man. That's uh, definitely a bummer because I remember at E3, you were so excited about it. I this. am still so excited. I want to play it very badly. It's just, I I think what's going to happen is like, I'm going to have to wait a couple weeks for them to open up the other servers. And then by then, everyone who I was supposed to play with is going to have been like, oh, this game's dumb. I'm done. Mm. Is this something you were kind of planning on playing to completion or... Uh, it depends because like now they have so much content in it that it would take me forever Mm -hmm. pso is one of those games where like it's fun to play with other people and it's also like a mindless loot shooter game at a certain point so like yeah i don't know it's just like a fun game to like zone out or hang out with people in which is why i mainly was looking forward to playing it i think yeah which a couple years ago we played the gamecube version yeah, and that version is fucked up in its own special ways. Uh, it's not made split screen. I was going to say it's definitely not made for four people. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but yeah, like it's just fun to like play a game like that that's co-op or whatever and just like shoot the shit and hang out or whatever. So, right. Like I was I was hoping for that experience knowing that it exists in this game, but then it's letting me down. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. And I have been playing Rayman Origins. Nice. Do you like this product? I am very impressed with it. I love it so much. <laughs> I um I've been just kind of paying attention to sales on like the various stores. Mm-hmm. And this was on sale for $3 on the Xbox store. And I was like, this game is worth trying for $3, so I bought oh, it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, so I bought it and it's the Xbox 360 version. You wouldn't mm-hmm. even know Manny. No, it looks the art style is it's, timeless, it, and that's and that's how like the game play is as well. It just yeah, it it feels so timeless. Like it could be a twenty twenty game, and you wouldn't you wouldn't even be able to tell. And that's what I'm just most most impressed about is just kind of like I was expecting it to have that art style, but still look a little pixelated on my you know my four K fifty five inch tv but it doesn't it it oh, looks yeah. like a game that came out in 2020 and was was made for it it's just crazy it's yeah it's it's wild even even legends still looks like that uh yeah i'm i'm sure because legends is it's a very similar art style yeah um but yeah i'm i i've only played through five of the worlds right now and i'm just enjoying it you go into a new world and you get this new ability that completely changes the gameplay for the entire world it's just mm-hmm. a fantastic platformer mm-hmm. um it, it doesn't it is pretty short isn't it uh it is pretty short so uh but legends seems- com- came out after that and it yes. has more content and a lot of the levels from origins in it as well right which it also seems like origins is made for you to play like multiple times and then yep. go for like the time trials and stuff which i haven't gotten to that but yeah, yeah. for three dollars this may be the best like three dollar game i've ever <laughs> bought yeah i i remember like i didn't end up playing it when it came out and i just i got it super cheap for some reason and i just remember being like wow who why didn't anyone tell me how sick this was 
Yeah, I looked it up. IGN gave it like a 9.5 when it came out. Yeah, they reviewed really well. It's just it was one of those things where I was just like, man, how did I not play this at the time? Because I played it a couple years later and I was just like, yeah, I it is one of my favorite platformers of that generation. Like it was I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see that. It does bum me out more that, as we said last week, we didn't get any Raymans. This no, generation. no Rayman. <laughs> and then. I don't know what's going on with Ubisoft, but like their games have been on sale for like really cheap the last like several weeks. So I've just been kind of like I bought that. I bought Beyond Beyond Good and Evil. Mm. Uh, Like the HD. Once again, it was like three dollars. And then I bought South Park, uh, the Stick of Truth for like ten dollars. So then I have the Assassin's Creed. I'm just like starting to build up a a backlog of just Ubisoft games, but their games are just on sale like crazy cheap right now so hmm. uh yeah that's I, other than that i've been playing uncharted and um shadow of mordor which we already kind of talked about oh, that, yeah. so i don't really have anything else to add there but yeah rayman origins is it's always impressive when you play like a game that's almost 10 years old and you're like this could have come out this year and i it, i wouldn't even blink i i would believe you if you told me that game came out this year oh yeah definitely <laughs> so uh that's all i've been playing i don't know if uh, you have anything else to add but no yeah that's all i've been playing i i have another indie game that i'm gonna try to play this week uh but the xenoblade uh chronicles definitive edition uh comes out today actually but my copy is coming tomorrow so i might just switch to that because i love that game so much this is the first one correct yep the original xenoblade chronicles are you worried about getting into another like 100 hour game uh no the only thing that worries me about this one was that i had to force myself to stop playing it the first time (laughs) because i i beat it and then there was like nothing left for me to do other than these side quests and i just remember playing (laughs) for like an additional like 30 hours until i got to the point where i was like what am i collecting these weapons for there's no like there's no reason for this like i have to i just have to stop now, is this like an RPG where you're leveling up and everything? It is an RPG where you're leveling up, um, and it's it's got like an MMO-esque combat where like mm-hmm. you get into battle and you're Shulk, who is in Super Smash Brothers, um, and he has like an, a bar of abilities and they go on cooldown and stuff like that. I always um, think of like Dragon Age uh, Inquisition with that, like, cause that, that yeah. seems like they took that MMO and just kind of put it in. Is it kind of like that? Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, and so the, the skills all work well in synergy and stuff and you mm-hmm. learn how to do that. The open world is probably too large for its own good. Um, but the, I, I really like the plot and it was one of those things where, it fucking had come out in english in europe and then uh-huh. to know if america was being dumb and not releasing it until way too late uh yeah i, I don't know it's just like I, it's a classic jrpg of of modern times i guess like right. it's one of the best of probably the last 15 years or so um and, and yeah, it's cool that people are getting to play it on the Switch now. Apparently, it looks like absolute dog shit in handheld mode. Uh, but then, like, 
people were complaining a little bit about the graphics, even though they like were up a whole ton. Like, I don't know that people remember what that game looked like on the Wii, but sh- shit was rough. Well, so. that's weird. You'd think it'd look better in handheld because it's just a smaller screen. You would, but I Xenoblade Chronicles 2 in handheld mode still might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. So I don't wow. know. Maybe Monolith just sucks at mo- uh, optimizing for the handheld mode. Yeah, maybe. Huh. Did you now? Did you max that game out? Like, did you get to a hundred level? 100? No, I don't. Th- I don't think I got to the max level, and I didn't do all the quests either because I just stopped myself. Because one right. of those things where I was like, I there's not really a reason for me to be doing this anymore because I already beat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now in this one, there is like a post like story scenario. Like, there's a fifteen hour like extra story thing. So. Now this is kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but mm-hmm. if if let's say Nintendo had like trophies or achievements, and one of them was like get to a hundred, do you think you would play two com two one hundred to get that one trophy, or do you um, think that would be too far for you? If like because you're saying like it wasn't like I had no reason to keep going. If you had like that achievement or trophy to work towards, would that be enough of a reason for you to keep going? Probably not. Um, so like trophies like that, where it's obvious that it's going to take me like a billion hours longer than it, I should even be playing the game. I usually don't go for those. Okay. Uh, but if I was enjoying my time enough, it's one of those things where I might just like chip away at it over time if I really cared, but probably, probably wouldn't go for it. Cause like you do go for quite a few, uh, like platinums and stuff. So I do. I yeah. And like, especially in JRPGs, it depends because sometimes you can like game the system and get to 99 or the max level pretty easily at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't remember it being like that in Xenoblade, but it doesn't seem like you had any reason to go to the 100 anyways. So yeah, unless there's, I, there may have been like some super boss that I was unaware of at the time or something, but I, as far as I remember, yeah, there is not a reason for me to go. So. All right. Which I guess we'll probably talk about that game a little bit more in depth next week, but yeah, just at least like how it performs. I'm, right. I'm super curious about it. Uh, so now I guess we'll move into part three, which part three. we are going to be talking about Xbox this week which I am very excited to talk about. Uh, yeah. Because I think they've had some very, they've had a very interesting uh, generation. They certainly have. Uh, the f- first game on the list, and we've been just kind of doing alphabetical order the last like several, several weeks, is Bleeding Edge, which is a game that came out this year um, to middling scores. So... I definitely didn't know that this had come out yet. Yes, it came out and it has like a 60 something on Metacritic, I believe. Okay, it came out March 24th. It came out. Nobody talked about it. It was very middling and that's about it. Yeah, it was a Ninja Theory uh, like action brawler. Yeah, it seems like they took like Overwatch, but like melee combat. Yeah, there's a platinum game called Anarchy Reigns that it looks exactly like that. And it seems like the perfect game to download on Game Pass and go, I'll try this. And then you play a little bit and go, it's okay, I guess. And then never play it again. Yeah, that's probably true. Unfortunately, 
that's kind of where that game kind of sits. But um, I liked Ninja Theory's previous game, and I'm excited about their next one. Uh, yeah. Uh, but this one definitely, it didn't. I didn't even download it. I didn't have any interest in it. <laughs> uh, the next game, D4. Is this a game that you actually played? Because this seems like something you would be. Uh, I own it. In. Dark Dreams Don't Die. So my boy Sweary of Deadly mm-hmm. Premonition fame made this product and Microsoft totally fucked him over on it. You so, say you own it, but you didn't say you played it. So I played uh, the f- I played a little bit of it. So th- the reason that I ended up not playing it is like <sighs> because of what Xbox did to Sweary. Sort of. It, it's one of those things where like it was an episodic game, right? Like it's supposed to have five episodes and mm-hmm. I think only the first two came out. Oh, so it didn't even come like it didn't completely release. No, like it didn't fully come out. Yeah. Episode three was canceled. So like I paid the full price for the season. Oh, that's (laughs) bummer. And the shit I didn't get refunded or anything. And so like there's no conclusion to the story. So that made me like not want to play it as much. It's very weird. You play as like a detective. It's actually like a similar premise to Deadly Premonition. I think it might actually be even in New Orleans. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's, it's just fucking bizarre. It's so weird. Um, and it's it's basically just a advent- an adventure game, right? Like right. similar to the Telltale style, especially with the episodic thing. Um it was one of those things where Microsoft I had approached him saying like, Hey, basically like, do you want to make a weird Japanese game for our uh, launch? Because they had seen the weird cult success of deadly premonition or whatever. Um, and then it just like didn't perform at all. And so then they like pulled funding and canceled it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he, had a lot of bad stuff to say that he wasn't actually allowed to say because of some NDA or whatever. Um, So yeah, I I, I don't know. It just didn't finish. It was a very interesting thing. Super, super out there. Like there's this cat lady that lives with you. And I don't know if she's supposed to be a cat in a human body. Yeah, it's weird. It's a it's a fucking strange game. Um, but it was a yeah, there was a launch Xbox One game, and then episode two came out, and then after that, they were like, "Nope, we're done." So, that is, I didn't realize that it was an episodic game that they only released two of the five. That's a bit of a bummer. It is, yeah. Uh, the next game on the list, which apparently I don't know how to do alphabetical order because C becomes before <laughs> D, uh, is so I you know I literally wouldn't have thought of that until you pointed it out. So that's <laughs> okay. That that's where I'm at as well. Uh, Cuphead, yeah, Cuphead. I played Cuphead. I like Cuphead a lot. I did not beat it, so I technically I'm. Oh a yeah, baby. that's right. You got to like right at the end, and then we're like, this is a lot harder than I was expecting. Or so what right? happened was it was, I still remember this vividly. It was the night before my friend Kevin's wedding. And I, the, before the final boss, there is like this boss rush stage where you like, f- they spin this wheel and you fight, uh, one of a, whatever boss it lands on. Mm-hmm. I did it a bunch of times. 
and I finally got to the end and then I was one hit away from beating it and I made an input error two times in a row <laughs> to lose and I just put it I said I got to go to bed cuz I stayed up way too late I got to go to Kevin's wedding tomorrow and then I just didn't play it again <laughs> Now, when you say you input error, is it where you meant to parry something? Yes. So I was supposed to parry something so that I didn't fall down and get hit, but I just fucked up twice in a row. Ah. And I was like, oh my God, we were one hit away. This should have been so easy. And I just, yeah, I was like, fuck. And I just didn't end up going back to it. I should try someday. But, but now it'd be too hard, I feel like. So you'd have to start the game over. Yeah, because I had built up all this stuff. You're, I mean, you're probably right. Because, <laughs> like, I... Which I'm just terrible at, like, uh, just pattern recognition in general, which that's what this game is. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I told you, I played this game for four hours and I beat one boss. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the game kind of splits off and it's like, okay, you can kind of try, like, three different things at once. And, like, I just kept bouncing around from, like, all... Like, there was two bosses that I couldn't beat. And then there was one of those platforming levels. And I couldn't beat that either. So I just kind of got stuck in this situation where, like, I can't advance. Yeah. So then I just had to stop because I am very bad at that game. (laughs) Where you said you played the whole game in, like, almost the entire game in, like, eight hours, right? Yeah, I I don't even know. I have it on Steam. So I guess if I open Steam, I could look. Right. Uh, which I don't have Steam open. But yeah, I, I would guess like five or six hours was what it took me to get to that point. Oh my God. That's even less than I thought. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was very bad at Cuphead. I may be one of the worst <laughs> Cuphead players that ever existed. That's all right. I mean, it is a hard game. Like that's that's what its whole thing was, right? Yes, and yes. I think that's what uh, upset a lot of people was because you look at the cartoon art style and, yes. you look and you're like, oh, it's like fun and I'm going to have a good experience. And then people are like, oh, no, it's hard. There's another game we'll talk about more in depth later. But Ori is very similar to that, where the art style does not match the difficulty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the next game, uh, Forza Motorsport. Mm-hmm. Five, uh, six, and seven. Five, six, and seven this generation. Five is the one where they had that, like, it's not audience, but the the crowd right yeah <laughs> where the crowd looked really bad it looked really bad <laughs> uh-huh. it looked okay in motion but like when people stopped and looked it was very humorous um other than that i don't know a lot about the forza series other than it is a very it is very much a sim racing game and they are very difficult uh that's that's really all i know about about it i don't have any interest in the forza motorsport series yeah uh like forza 5 was the first one that introduced the drive atars oh really yeah so it was like it takes your data from driving and then puts that in other people's races as an ai Mm mm-hmm so that's a cool concept yeah and it seems like they carried that over into their other franchise which was which, Forza Horizon. which is the Forza Horizon, which I don't I know three was Australia four is England. What was two? Was it France? I was it a real place? Is that the one that was just like 
Oh, I, I thought one of them was just like an imaginary place. Uh, are you thinking about the Fast and Furious? Maybe. Uh, Forza Horizon 2. Now we're both looking this up, trying to figure this out. We are. Um, yep. Uh, Southern France, Northern Italy. Okay. Oh, that, yes, you're right, because that's what the Fast and the Furious spinoff was, and it was in Italy. Okay. Yeah. So I wonder, maybe the first one was like in a made up location or something. It's probably not. I just, I just thought it was. Ah, uh, well, that one, that one's not on this generation, yeah, but like yeah. you and I, you played the Fast and Furious 3 DLC or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Actually, we both played that. Yeah, we did. That was bizarre. I forgot about that. Well, it, I found out that like Xbox actually has this mode where you can have like two controllers controlling one thing. It's oh. supposed to be like an assisted mode for kids. Oh, well, it didn't assist us. <laughs> but we somehow like unlocked that without knowing and we were both controlling the vehicle at the same time. That was yeah. very that was very interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, did you ever play it other than that one time? I don't think so. So the, your only experience was just driving around, which it wasn't even really that much Fast and Furious. It was No, just, it was just like Ludacris was like the announcer and you could get cars that were in the upcoming movie or something. Yes, which would have been, was it Fast Fast Furious 7? Mm, yeah, it would have been 6 or 7. I think it would have been 7 because we're already at 8 or 9. Like nine's coming out, so yeah, eight would have been probably two years ago. So yeah, this that that must have been Fast and Furious Seven. <laughs> uh, but I, I can really talk about Fast or uh, Forza Horizon Four, uh, which that's the one we both kind of dove into and played a lot of. I played a lot more, but oh well, three. Um, now I'm kind of bouncing around. Three had that really cool DLC that was um. Hot Wheels. If you remember. Yes. And I I saw that. I did not uh Yeah, I didn't experience it, but that anything. seemed really cool. And then four, one of the DLCs was the Lego, which I think the Lego was even cooler than the uh the Hot Wheels. Although the Hot Wheels had like those tracks and stuff where you could kind of do the loops and stuff. That seemed kind of cool. But yeah, Forza yeah. Horizon 4 is just one of my favorite games of the generation just because it's so pleasant it's like the exact opposite of cuphead yeah (laughs) where you're just kind of like if you just want to drive it's not even a racing game it's just like a driving game where you're just driving around the world and just having a nice time it well it's probably my favorite podcast game of the generation it was just so perfect to just put on a podcast and just kind of cruise along and just do whatever you wanted in this just cool open world it was for the sixth movie it was for the sixth movie wow yes that's crazy (laughs) huh okay took me a while to get there but (laughs) i needed to know yeah i'm just like i guess the sixth and seventh movie must have come out a lot closer than i remember uh so that would have been 2009 for six 2009 would not have been this generation. Forza, oh, you're right. Because it was specifically called Fast and Furious. So that I don't know. 
But I think Forza Horizon 2 was both, wasn't it? But the Fast and Furious was was three, wasn't it? No, it was two, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, that would change things. Oh, but that doesn't even make sense, actually. I don't know now. I'll have oh. to research this in depth later. Oh, okay. I think I know. Was there something? Huh. Okay, yeah, we'll have to look into this more. I'm wondering if there was like something else with the Forza Horizon 3. Maybe, because the Fast and the Furious thing was Forza Horizon 2, but that would have been in 2014, so it wouldn't have been that movie. No, there's no way it would have been that movie. Okay, yep, it's uh, it's Forza Horizon 2 presents Fast and Furious. So, you are right Okay, it would, it would have been the seventh one. It, yeah. That's what came out in 2014. Anyways. We, yes. We're, we're focusing on the wrong thing that is completely irrelevant to Xbox. Hey, it's relevant to me, okay? Fast and Furious, I know. We are uh, big fans. I, I, I know. Um, but yeah, so Gears of War. Yes, Gears of War. Uh, four, you talk about how disappointed you were that they didn't take like a God of War approach and just completely reinvent the the franchise. But yeah. instead, they just kind of made more Gears of War, mm-hmm. which gameplay wise, it is the best Gears of War game. Interesting. I, it just because like it's going to be iterative and it's always going to be getting better. I mean, the shooting's going to yeah. get a little tighter. It's just going to play a little better. It's going to move a little better. It's going to look better. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the best Gears of War game. I'm just saying, like gameplay wise, it's probably the best one. Um, or or at that point, it was like five is probably a little better now, just because iteration. But um. Gears 5, on the other hand, that's where they really started to shake things up. But I don't love what they chose with some of the shakeups, like with the two open world areas that just kind of killed the pacing of the game. And <clears throat> this was a this was a weird game where like when Gears 5 came out, I don't think people realized how big it was like it like crashed servers and that game was like broken for a lot like pso was where it was just broken for a couple weeks because like it had more people than they were expecting but if you remember this is right around the time they were uh, launching the xbox uh game pass gold yeah for like two dollars so you could like you could play this game for like two dollars So it ended up having more people playing it than it it was the first game to pass Fortnite in like people playing since Fortnite has kind of taken off. So it just like had a stupid amount of people at launch and then it just kind of they did this thing where like the single player campaign was linked to the online. So like basically everything was fucked with this game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I remember I had a hard time the fir- like that first weekend, and I had to replay chapters just because it w- it didn't save any of my pra- uh, my progress, which was definitely Oof. disappointing. Yeah, that's disappointing. But uh, five is still a great game and probably narratively the best Gears of War game. It's just as I said, those open areas just killed the pacing. Yeah. Uh, the next game, Gears Pop. Very exciting. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's Gears of War. But, but Clash Royale. But Clash Royale. But the characters are like... Uh, Funko Pops. Funko Pops. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. I why? I, why? 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 Do you think anybody's still playing that game? I would assume so. There's always someone playing some mobile game. It's free. I mean, you, you know. Uh, sure. You say that, but then like it's not because these ca- these people are putting money into it if they're still playing Gentle Tour. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next Gears game is Gears Tactics, which is a game I'm excited to play. I know it's already out. I just played too many tactical games in a row. And I am planning on playing it sometime this month. Yeah, my brother's on the final boss. He claims he'll beat it soon. Oh, he's uh, actually playing this game? Yeah. Uh, so. he. I'm guessing he likes it enough to get to the final boss. Uh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I know that he played it quite a bit and enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and when we talked about it loosely mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago just the mechanical changes are smart and make it flow a little bit better than the XCOM games and stuff like that so which he just played those as well so yeah he had just played those as well so i guess he kind of likes the the tactical games yeah tactics fan oh. um halo 5 uh not necessarily a bad game but like not a great halo game as far as i understand I think a lot of people think this is the worst one is the popular opinion I have seen, but I, I guess I don't know as someone who didn't play four or five. I mean, I played all of them. I feel very meh about all of them. Yeah. They all just kind of blend together. This one did definitely did feel like the most different and unique because it wasn't just master chief. You were bouncing between two different parties and they weren't, parties so like it's four people per party so i I, it was very interesting uh it definitely played a little differently where you felt like more like a superhero than where you had like these abilities that master chief never had um it definitely seems like it's going to be one of those games where it is just going to be so different compared to the rest of the franchise because i i my guess is infinite they're going to take less risks and they're going to go back to what made the previous halo games popular yeah i would assume so as well so i think this is just going to be known as that like one weird spin-off game that i don't know if spin-off is necessarily the right word but the one weird kind of game in the franchise yeah uh halo wars 2 is (laughs) i feel like this is more me like i have more experience with all these games which is definitely do which is just so weird because like the dynamic is normally you know a lot more about these games but like this is another one like i I mean halo wars 2 is an rts though i know i mean i know about it is yes uh but like i played halo wars 2 yeah Uh, this was the first game i played when i bought my xbox and I just remember being blown away by the graphics, especially the cutscenes. I was just like, man, this game looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's just like a, it's an RTS and it's a very simplified RTS for consoles. Yep. And people were not I because like it's one of those things like, who is this for? Either you mm-hmm. like RTSs or you don't. 
And if you <laughs> like RTSs, you're looking for something a little deeper than like a very basic RTS. Uh, and then if you're like a Halo fan that likes first-person shooters, you're not going to really be into an RTS. So it's just a really weird game that I don't know who this was for. Yeah, which, but, yeah, I, I, yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it was fine. I, I don't have anything <laughs> negative to say. It's just a very simplified RTS, which I'm I'm not really looking for the deep RTSs. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killer Instinct. This game is fucking so good. I love this game. I have thought about this a lot more recently. Just mm-hmm. God, this game is so fucking good. So Double Helix uh, was the original team that made it. Um, they brought Mick Gordon on for the tight soundtrack, and they reinvented a franchise that, in theory, no one should care about. <laughs> right? Like Killer Instinct was the most hyper. 90s edgelord shit <laughs> that I could possibly think of. Like, you, if you see footage of the original Killer Instinct, you're like, oh yeah, that was a 90s arcade game. Like, of course it was. Mm-hmm. Like, just the character designs, everything about it. And so when it was reannounced, people were like, who fucking cares? Like, what difference does it make? But then it made... I don't know, like execution is fun in that game. Like the way you link things together with linkers and you do the doubles and shit. And then it's basically like a rock, paper, scissors uh, guessing game at a certain point. Uh, I just like all of that. And it makes it so that you can even as an idiot do fun, good combos. Yeah, You can kind of just mash your way through these massive combos. And then like, the whole point is then the opponent can do combo breakers. And that's where you're coming. That's where like the rock, paper, scissors is coming in that you said, where they're just trying to guess what button you're pushing. And if, if they match what you're pushing, then like the, the combo will break. And I don't think you take any of the damage, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think you take any of the damage and then you're hitting them. And I think you're doing increased damage. Yes. So then it's just kind of like this very interesting, like crazy high, high, combo damage like just like these high combos that are almost like marvel i've you know it looks a little different but like definitely high combo hits uh it is definitely a very interesting uh and fun fighting game to watch Uh, unfortunately the two of us we didn't really get into we never really got a chance to play killer instinct when it was very popular yeah because like you didn't get your xbox until probably like 2015 or 16 yeah right? i think it was 2015 or 2016 and by then the game was already out a couple years and then, like unfortunately with fighting games or multiplayer games in general after a couple of years a lot of times that like that has died down and everybody's moved on to the next game also just yeah. with the xbox one in general it just had such a smaller audience as i well. mean when i had it uh season two had just come out the first two characters so i was able to play during season two and season three. Oh, okay and i think they did season four uh, uh but yeah originally it's double helix and then they got bought by amazon and then uh, iron galaxy took it over for the rest of it but they did a good job like they added a bunch of interesting modes and stuff um it has some of the best net code in all of fighting games and there's a documentary about it coming out next week so. oh really <laughs> yeah so i'm excited to watch that and it is one of the evo games this year because it has good net code so it will at least it is making a slight resurgence currently yeah that's and it's free on game pass so uh 
it's good all around. Yeah, it is. I my one of my biggest things is I just don't like the Xbox One controller for oh, that's fair for yeah. fighting games. I just hate that D pad and like you and I are D pad players. Uh, yeah, with fighting games and like if I'm playing a fighting game or a platformer. I prefer the PlayStation controller with that. I, I mean, they have the best D-pad of like the three major consoles. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, the next game is Minecraft Dungeons, which just came out earlier this month. Yeah, it's Diablo, but with Minecraft. And it seems like it's pretty short. Yeah, people seem to actually really like it, though. I haven't really seen anyone say anything super negative Unless they can't get it to run, in which case I've seen people leave negative reviews because they can't get it to run. But that's, you know, that's probably their fault. Yeah. Um, this is one of those weird games where it, like, it is Microsoft, but it's also Mojang. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I think it's on PS4, isn't it? It is on PS4, yep. So like this is and like, switch. Yeah, I mean it's everywhere. So they, like yeah. that's really weird. But yes, this is a Microsoft game, and um, mm-hmm. I have it downloaded. I just have been kind of busy playing other things, but I do plan on uh, giving this game a try at some point. Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess we'll kind of, we can kind of talk about both games at the same time: Ori in the Blind Forest, and then Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest is uh, kind of like Cuphead, where it's just like this very unique, beautiful art style, mm-hmm. uh, but just a very difficult platformer. And it's less like jumping, although there is a lot of jumping. You're kind of like launching your character all over the the world. Yeah, because they introduced that ability where you like can kind of like fling yourself off yes. the enemies in a specific direction, and yeah. it, that that adds a super interesting dynamic to a lot of it yes and like by the end of the game that's what you're doing most of the time is you're just kind of flinging yourself off and just kind of like you're not touching the ground you're just kind of bouncing all over the place and and that kind of continues with the sequel will the wisps the big difference between those two games is the combat system where ori was just kind of like you had projectiles and you just kind of mashed a button and then the projectiles would just kind of uh, auto aim right towards the enemies where well will of the wisps has more of like a combat system yeah. um, much more similar to um uh, what is that that metroidvania with the bug hollow knight hollow knight yes where you're like it, it, it's an actual combo system with basically a sword mm-hmm. uh and then when you defeat an enemy you get you know orbs and then you can spend those orbs on abilities and stuff so um i will the wisps is definitely the perfect sequel where it is taking what was so great about blind forest and then just iterating on it the one knock on will the wisps was just the technical issues i had at launch which yeah which seem to be fixed now they do seem to be fixed now but i mean they were so bad that you had to just stop playing the game and now knowing you you'll probably never go back to it that is probably true at this point which is kind of a bummer unless i play within the next like week or so but it yeah i mean like i played halfway through ori in the blind forest and then a third of the way through again uh but i like i really liked what i played of that as just i don't remember at the time but something else came out and Mm -hmm. i just 
stop playing it, but these are definitely like well-crafted, well-made indie experiences. Yes. So it's, well, it's, see, that's where it gets weird calling it an indie game. Yeah. Cause I guess it is funded by Microsoft. So it's like, is it, is it not? Yeah. It's just kind of like, but like, yes, it like, like if you want to talk about like platformers and Metroidvanias there, those are two of my favorites of this generation. Yeah. Um, the next game, I kind of sort of PUBG. I, I don't know. I just threw it on there because like it was like initially brought over and partially published by by Xbox. Yeah, just for the Xbox One version. Yes, and then like it got moved over to the PS4 like a year or two later. But like, God, PUBG in 2017 was just like this really weird phenomenon that just mm-hmm. that just kind of took over the industry and it was just shocking because it was just like passing steam where like these MMOs these like that have been there for years and no one even came close to touching them all of a sudden this like early access game that looks terrible no yeah was- PUBG on steam like it was doing ridiculous things at that time like yes. it was breaking all kinds of records and shit and people were just shocked and thought it was just going to be this just like, oh, it's just going to be around for a couple of weeks and then it'll die off. What it ended up happening is it died off in 2018, but like 2017 was just like the year of PUBG and and then Fortnite just came. It kind of came out and just kind of like ate its launch. But I think PUBG is still doing OK. You don't really hear anybody talk about it much anymore, though. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought this would be like the perfect time to talk about PUBG because we're never really going to talk about it otherwise. And yeah, it's just this really weird game that like Xbox, they wanted this to get onto console. And so they brought it over to console and it was not it was not a good experience at, at the beginning. Man. <laughs> but even then, like there's just something about it that just like clicked with me and i played that game for like probably almost 100 hours Mm. i i mean it wasn't just like in that year because i remember it came out like late january or late december of 2017 on xbox but yeah there's there's something about PUBG that really clicked with me where like the other battle royales i just don't like them uh i've been playing a lot of apex legends recently Mm mm-hmm um, and I like Apex Legends enough. Yeah, the thing is, like, those other games, I think it's because they're f- faster pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, like, you lose something. Where, like, PUBG, a match would take, like, 45 minutes. I think that is the most boring shit. So I I don't want to get into my thoughts on Battle Royales right now. Yeah, yeah. That's... Because I have been being asked to play Apex. Mm-hmm and I don't necessarily want to be playing apex. Uh, but I think when it's faster paced, it works better for me. I know that's different for a lot of people. A lot of people, the reason they do go back to PUBG is because of the slow pace. Like you can just wait in a bathtub and like maybe get to the top 10 or whatever. It's not necessarily where it's like the bathtub, but like the longer matches add like gravity to 
to the match itself. And like when you make it into that top 10, you've really put the time in. And so it, for me, it would just kind of build up this tension where like my heart would just start pounding. And like, I've never had anything experience like that. And when I play these games where I've been doing it for like 20 minutes, I just, I don't get the same feeling. And I just kind of like, I, I don't enjoy it as much. So like, I get what you're saying where like PUBG, I could absolutely see where people would find it boring. But for me, what I like to do is just kind of like drop off at like an edge somewhere and then just slowly keep moving forward towards the circle. So I was always just kind of on the outskirts doing my own thing, occasionally running into people. But I just kind of played it as like, let's see how long I can survive. I just kind of played it as a survival game rather than just like a shooter. Okay. Because, yeah, like even though apex is faster, I still find that to be incredibly boring as well. <laughs> so for me, I think PUBG would just be excruciating. That's why like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I have very specific feelings about yes. shooters and battle royales in general that have been, I've felt very strongly about recently. So I don't, I don't know. Now this is just a little weird tangent, but like when giant bomb did their like murder Mondays or whatever it was called murder Island Mondays. I yeah. Think. Murder Island. Uh, did you watch that? I n- would never actually watch it. Watch it. Mm-hmm. I would be doing something while I had that stream on in the background is like background noise. Okay. Cause like if you hated, if you hate playing it, I can't imagine watching. Oh, I, yeah. Like I never actually watch it. Like oh. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, but I guess now we can kind of move into move back into actual Xbox games. Yeah. Uh, Quantum Break, mm-hmm. which for all its failures, at least they were trying something new. They were. And like Re- Remedy is always trying something interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I will. I will give them credit for like at least trying something y- unique and new. I, it yeah, definitely I, didn't work. <laughs> The gameplay is all right. I like yeah, the like the, the powers in the gameplay look pretty cool. And I think actually a lot of that stuff helped them out with control to yes, be able absolutely. to find her abilities and things. But like, yeah, the part where it's like half a TV show <laughs> sounds so rough. Like, I don't know. Well, the weirdest thing is like the main characters in the game were not the main characters of the TV show. Yeah. Which was just like really weird. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was definitely different and unique. Um, but yeah, as you said, like I, I quantum break, you can definitely see where they, they, they started at quantum break and made their way to control. Uh, there's definitely those parallels. Mm-hmm. Uh, rare replay, not necessarily a new game, but it's probably the coolest collection pack that we saw this entire generation. Yeah, I like they once Microsoft bought Rare, they started doing interesting stuff like Viva Pinata and things like that. And this collects all of those rare uh, games that they did for Microsoft, but also every other rare game, excluding Donkey Kong Country 64. Well, no, the Donkey Kong Countries. Oh, and Donkey Kong Country. I forget about that. Yeah. So Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, 3 and 64 are not collected in this, obviously, but like their super old stuff for systems like the ZX spectrum and shit are on there. Right. Uh, Killer instinct. 
they also didn't have uh, GoldenEye, obviously. Oh, yeah, because licensing. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it didn't have well, like every... it's got Perfect Dark, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't have everything, but it did have like games from the, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. And it, and uh, so it's just kind of like all their games in one place. But then they did like these, I don't want to call them documentaries, but then they did like where people were like talking about the games and like commentaries. It, it's just a really fascinating and interesting game that you look at and say, I kind of wish more developers could do something like this. Yeah. Um, I think the closest thing that happens is the Mega Man collections. Oh, I thought you were going to say the like Nintendo like mini. Oh, that too, I guess that that is probably a little bit closer. But like the Mega Man collections in terms of like a disc of collected games, like they collect eight to ten Mega Man games and then have uh, like weird, not videos. They're usually text things, but like Mm -hmm. art and uh, interviews with uh people that were involved with the process and things like that yeah because there's that get off uh, like the konami uh castlevania collection that has like 10 different castlevania games and stuff Mm -hmm. but doesn't have like the good castlevania game (laughs) yeah you have to buy you gotta sell those separately that that has to be separate (laughs) yeah yeah uh but no yeah the the rare replay is really cool yeah no it's it's a super awesome package i love it um the next game is ReCore, which mm-hmm. was a game kind of like a third-person shooter, but just with a lock-on mechanic, so not very difficult third-person shooting. More of like like moving around traversing, but it was unfinished. Yeah, it was unfinished. You get you have like animal partners mm-hmm. that uh, like animal robot partners that help you through, and there was one that was definitely supposed to be in the game but was not. Yeah, they yeah because like i played a little bit of it i didn't care for this game so i just kind of stopped which i I thought like third person shooter with like fun traversal that sounds like something i would get really into but Mm. it just wasn't for me and i just after about an hour i just kind of walked away they did uh put out a definitive edition where they did add in the last companion guy yes so Um, there is a full quote-unquote version of that game now but yeah i don't know it's one of those things where like it looked interesting to me but then the whole game takes place in like a deserty area yeah it, it so was I, when it's like a bland environment like that it I, throws me off a bit i think it was nothing yeah i didn't care for the art style or anything yeah uh the next game i only added because we played it for extra life uh rush a disney pixar adventure yeah um it's just kind of like a mini game collection where you're just kind of doing whatever in each pixar world i remember the toy story world where we were driving cars (laughs) yeah that's all i remember that's all i remember too so we're in the same boat i will that's not true i remember the part where you like play as the weird little kids and you like walk around to pick the world oh yeah that was uh, that was bizarre yes see in our defense this as we said it was extra life and i think this was the first game we played for extra life. it was yeah so like extra life just kind of like becomes a blur when you're playing t- like a bunch of games for 24 hours straight 
and then like so something like beginning of the morning so we're just waking up and then just playing something so forgettable (laughs) (laughs) you know like it wasn't that bad though like that's the thing it was was like fine like it controlled all right it was i mean i wasn't offended i mean i'm also not the small child target demographic for it right i had fun enough yeah it was a good way to start that stream where it was just the two of us starting out yeah um the next game rise son of rome i think is an underrated game actually really yeah i I enjoyed it it's very simple and i think i get like it was a 60 dollar game in like maybe five six hours yeah this is a hot launch title yes so like i understand people complaining about that but i mean the combat felt good and it was fine it was kind of like that like batman style where you just kind of mash the square button and then you hit triangle to um to, to what do you call it um do a finisher or not a finisher but like if someone's attacking you you then oh counter ca- counter thank you I-, I forgot the word counter so like that <laughs> that's all the combat is it's nothing special it- it's a very good looking game and they do a great job of uh making it look like the roman empire yeah it ran on cry engine right yes it did that's uh, why it looks so good and that's why it looks so good and also the fact that it was the roman empire is probably why i liked it Ooh, it's four dollars on steam it's really cheap yeah and it, the combat is it's not bad it's it's fine yeah uh but as i said like i understand the complaints because like if you spend sixty dollars and then it's like a five hour game you'd be like um i don't think this was worth sixty dollars uh, the next game, Sea of Thieves, I was very disappointed in. So, okay, I have a question about this. Uh, People seem to believe it's good now. I guess, yeah. That's that's what it seems like. They've added a whole bunch of shit, and now that it's free on Game Pass, every so often I think about like maybe trying it, but I still think that it just will not be for me at all. Right. Because uh, it's like it's one of those things where you like make your own pirate fun kind of and like now they have more quests and like Mm. boss fights and stuff but it still is just one of those things where it's like oh you just like dick off with your friends on a pirate ship i think which i think uh, that's kind of the key is it's more of a just kind of like relaxing co-op game with friends yeah and i think that like if you're looking for that exact type of experience it's really good for that yeah but like for me i guess part of the reason why it's so disappointing is like I view this as the death of rare. Where... I, guess, I guess I can see that. I mean, it does have like a ch- charm and a look to it. It does, but it's not like, like even Viva Pinata and uh, nuts and bolts. Uh... You're right. I, to me, like the, whatever that fucking connect sports game was, was the death of rare. Uh, sure. I mean, you could go that. I'm just saying like, this is the moment that I realized that like, okay, oh, they're all, gone. Yeah. <laughs> all the people that worked on the rare games that I liked are gone. This, yeah. This is like, this is a whole different rare that they're just not going to make games for me. Mm-hmm. So I, rares making games but like even their new game whatever that mmo is right it's an mmo right oh that like forest game yeah they're working on another game too i think is it an mmo i or am i getting that mixed up with grounded 
No, grounded is like uh, teams of four. I thought. Well, e- either way, I mean, like it. Even their next game, it doesn't. Maybe it's just a games as a service. That next game, the forest game. <laughs> either. Oh, way. they're working on Battletoads. Oh yeah, which that's supposed to be coming out this that's year. That's supposed to come out this year. I well, thought about that the other day. I don't know that it will. No, I bet it will. I bet it'll be a launch title. Oh uh, yeah, their game Everwild is a Ever it's an Wild. action adventure game. Okay. So No, Battletoads is going to it's supposed to come out on the Xbox One. I don't think that'll be a launch title. I think that's going to come out like next month. Oh, you you do think it's coming out soon? Cuz I figured they'll talk about it at at their July press conference. Oh, I guess I I was under the impression that it was supposed to come out like soon. Okay, I just because just... they announced it like three years ago, which for right. like a smaller like downloadable thing, it seems like it's already taken way too long for a game that everyone is going to be disappointed by when they remember that Battletoads sucked in the first place. Yeah, which I mean, like I don't know how popular beat 'em ups are really going to be in. I mean, Streets of Rage just came out and yeah, uh, they people... did a great job by all accounts, but like Battletoads was bad yeah as someone who played battletoads and battletoads and double dragon Mm -hmm. they're bad they're not good i've been wanting i downloaded streets of rage i just kind of want to try it for just even the um the soundtrack because from what i hear that soundtrack is amazing oh i have heard the exact opposite what the soundtrack is terrible yes uh i no, like it's but the, I because that's because Streets of Rage Two has one of the best soundtracks ever, and this is not like that at all. And they got the same composer to do like one track, and it is, I heard it, and it is not good. Oh no, they like people are saying like this is the best soundtrack of like the year so far. Oh, interesting, because I the people that I know that love the Streets of Rage soundtrack mm. cannot stand it. Oh, so I guess I'll have to see. Yeah, because like um, Emron Khan was talking about how much he loved it. And um, yeah, everybody I heard, they heard the exact opposite. So that's very yeah, interesting. Jeff and Austin both <laughs> cannot take it. That is very interesting. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we're talking about a, two games that aren't even on our list. Hey, it's here. on Game Pass. It's it, close enough. It, that is on Game Pass, yes. <laughs> Um, State of Decay 1 and 2 came out this generation. Yes. Uh, these games look interesting, and I wish that they were, like, for me. I So it's like, yeah, it's like a zombie, open-world-ish zombie game where mm. you collect survivors to build a, like, little enclave to protect against the zombies, and all the characters have unique personalities and traits and things, and they it's basically like a living world. Right. Yeah. In the second one, it was all like you could you'd move around from three different camps, right? And you had to constantly be moving, I believe. Uh, I believe that is the case. Yes. Uh, e- either way, like this is zombies and survival, <laughs> so I'm out instantly. Yeah, I, they just always look so cool. I do mm-hmm. like watching people play State of Decay, and as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is so 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 not for me yeah yeah i played an hour and i was like oh that's right i hate survival games where i have to manage my bullets i just want to shoot everything with reckless abandonment and that is very much the exact opposite of state of decay i realized (laughs) that definitely (laughs) um 
the next game, Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, this is for you. I yeah. mean, I played this as well, but... Oh, yes. Uh, I feel like I've talked about this game so much <laughs> the last, like... <laughs> you have very recently, but I don't know. Like, Sunset Overdrive is cool. I know yeah. you've been playing Spider-Man, which Insomniac also developed, <laughs> and that's where they... Uh, Sunset Overdrive is what gave them, I think, the ability to make the traversal mechanics fun. You know what I mean? Like, they... Sunset Overdrive has really cool traversal mechanics and it's closer to something like Jet Set Radio Future. Right. Because it's like more grinding on rails and stuff like that. But it also has the insomniac charm of like the fun and weird guns and stuff. Like fun and weird guns. It also was came out at a time like right at the beginning of the generation where we were coming off the last generation where everything was so self-serious. And like this game comes out and it's like almost just like a parody of video games in a sense. Yeah. To the point where like the main protagonist is just called the player. And they're just making all these jokes and these about video games. And like even playing this game in 20, I think I played it first. Yeah, I played it last year for the first time. I was like, all these jokes still hit and they still land because they're not going for internet meme culture. They're going for like specifically video games, which a lot of those tropes are still prevalent even today. So like in that sense, like I just thought it was just, it's just a tremendous game where they were going for very colorful. They were going for just like a parody, um, which I understand comedy is going to be subjective and, a lot yeah. of people did not care for the comedy. The comedy did work for me. I love the mission structure. I love just grinding around. I love shooting. I love I love that uh, where like you just kind of get rewarded for using a weapon, and the more you use a weapon, it like levels up. It's the it's what Ratchet and Clank does, and they they carried that over into this game. And I just love that because like you're getting rewarded for playing your style, you know. Mm. And and I think that might be one of my favorite ways to do RPGs, just because like you're just kind of you're you're being encouraged to play however you want to play. And uh, so like <clears throat> Sunset Overdrive is one of those games where like I feel like it came out on a system that had very few people already. Like you think about the Xbox One, and it has a lot. It's just very few few people. In 2014, it must have had even fewer people, which this was before Xbox was releasing their games on PC and Xbox. So it just kind of come out. Nobody bought it. It seemed to review fairly well, but like... It's okay, I, I bought it for the Xbox one. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, but yeah, I just... I mean, like, this is one of those games that, like, I 100%ed, which I just rarely do. Uh, but I just, I just wanted to be in that world as much as I possibly could. Yeah, and, and I, it, I get that. I enjoyed my time with it for sure. Yes. Do you remember why you fell off? Do you think it was just another game, or did you get bored with it? Uh, it was definitely another game because I specifically remember being shocked that when I went to unplug my Xbox One, it was still in rest mode from the last time I had played the game, <laughs> uh, which was like over a year later. Oh wow. Like I was like, oh, the Xbox still says it's on. And I opened it and it was just suspended in Sunset Overdrive. I was like in the middle of grinding a rail in a mission. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? It saved this state this whole time. Wow. Uh, the PS4 definitely doesn't do that well with it. Um, so, yeah, I th- something else had come out. I, I didn't play my Xbox one very much outside right. of Killer Instinct. So 
yeah and like playing through halfway through ori i don't know that i i guess i played halo one and two on the master chief collection but like i don't own that many xbox one physical games or whatever so i actually the game i probably played the most is viva pinata in the rare replay collection oh yeah that i mean that was one of the reasons you bought it it seemed it was yeah so uh do you remember what sunset overdrive like did you play most of the bosses like did you play the roller coaster boss that doesn't sound super familiar do do you remember the dragon boss i don't remember any of the bosses i guess i only the only things i really remember were just kind of grinding and just running around grinding on the rails but also like those like defend the base missions yes those were i remember doing like two of those so i might not have actually gotten that far in well, cause like the, the dragon boss, like the way you finish it off is you grab the health, you grab something from the HUD and then turn that into a weapon and then you stab the dragon. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, and then like the, and then like, I really like the roller coaster one because it was just kind of like what you'd think of as a roller coaster. And then you had to just kind of keep jumping around and grinding around and like turn around. And it was just a lot of fun. I there the bosses in Sunset Overdrive are excellent, but yeah, the the two bosses that I remember the most are that dragon where you grab. I don't remember what exactly it is, but you grab something from the HUD, which is it breaks the fourth wall with that comedy, and then yeah, and then you stab the dragon with it. And the last game on this list is Super Lucky's Tale. Which I still think is so weird. It's a sequel to an Oculus Rift game. Yes. <laughs> Which they're remaking this. Uh, are it, It's out on Switch now, I think. No, I mean, like, there's another Lucky's Tale coming out. That's the exact same game, but they're adding some more content. Yeah, it's new Super Lucky's Tale. Yes. Which, that's the one that's, I think, out on Switch now. Oh. oh. Yes, it's out now. Okay. But yeah, like, it, it it's a platformer and some of the levels are 3d platform levels and some of the levels are 2d platform levels it's okay that's so i don't had you ever seen like the original game like do you know how it works no i don't so it's basically it's one of those things where like lucky the fox he's a little fox guy right he's like on one side of a thing and then like you make his platform with your body and then he like walks over you to get to his like the next area. Oh, really? That's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. It was like a cool concept. Yeah, but this definitely felt like a very like a basically like a very bis- basic kids platformer. So I actually believe that this was supposed to be some type of VR game, and then when they realized that like that wasn't going to do super well or sell enough. I think they retooled it to make it like this type of platformer thing. Yeah. And it, it feels like in the vein of like Kirby. Oh yeah. Where it's just very like easy and it's fine. Like I, I don't want to say anything too negative about it, but yeah, like it, it it's not like a challenging platformer. No. Yeah. Um, and it, I remember when it came out, it was just kind of very middling. I don't have a lot to say just because like I, there there's some games that you just there's not a lot to say. It's a it's a platformer. And I do like the the idea of like 
bouncing around between 2D and 3D, I think that was very neat, but like you would want to see better game mechanics. I think like something like Mario would work great with that. Yeah. Where like 3D Mario and 2D Mario can work really well. And so like when you get if you play like one game where you bounce around between the two, that could be really cool, but like this didn't seem fully realized. I am wrong about that Lucky's Tale thing where I I can't I, now I don't know what game I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, I have because no it looks like it was just now looking at gameplay. It looks like it was just the uh, same thing, the same type of game. I'll have to try to find that. I, I whatever have... that game is I'm talking about, because it definitely was like a tech demo thing that mm. had come out. So. What if it's just a tech demo and not actually a game? It might have been. I th- I swear it had the same Fox character, so it might have just been a Oculus tech demo that they showed at E3 one year. Right. Hmm. But are you ready to move on to the final part of? The I am evening? ready to move into it. Um. Now for you, mm-hmm. Xbox, what would you give them grade-wise? Uh, I would say they deserve an A. Uh, yeah, I think an A is uh, very apt. I think uh, they just they have a lot, and I know you didn't play a lot. And I wouldn't count PUBG in this mix. I just threw that in yeah. there so we could have the PUBG conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like for me personally, like... Forza Horizon 4 is, I think, a perfect racing. Like, I wouldn't call hey, it. Hey, I also love that game. That game ruled. Yeah. And I, like, I, I really like KI as well. Like, they're, yeah. of the games I played. Oh, we didn't talk about. What do you mean, Matt? You left one out. Oh, my God. I did. I know what it is, too. How did you do this? Crackdown. Oh, my three. God. You tried to sabotage the. <laughs> oh. Wow. We got to go back. Back it up. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't. I should have thought about it then when you said yeah. the alphabetical order thing. Yeah, Crackdown yeah. three. Oh my god, we almost escaped without talking about Crackdown <laughs> three. You loved your favorite game. You I could. I definitely brought up Crackdown three. I, we talked about it last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Ooh, that's rough. But uh, yeah, you loved. You liked Crackdown. It was oh. a fun. It was like fun and just you know. I don't know. Yeah, it's crackdown. It, that game is so fascinating to me because, like, <laughs> it was in it was in development for like five six years, <laughs> and then it comes out and it's like an eight hour campaign. Yeah, you just kind of go like, how did this happen? Well, and then they were like originally like we're gonna leverage the power of the cloud yes. and everything's gonna be fully destructible. Except now it's only in multiplayer mode and it's terrible beyond your wildest dreams i didn't even like oh okay the, i didn't even try the multiplayer mode <laughs> that was so weird too where like the multiplayer had a completely a different fucking separate executable yes yeah dude even, even on pc even on console and pc different like what yeah bizarre so at one point i just deleted the multiplayer <laughs> <laughs> just because i was like why am i wasting this space on yeah why do i even have the space taken up by this garbage <sighs> yeah i uh i feel like crackdown's another one where i've talked about a ton a ton so yeah. i don't know if we need to talk about it here i think it's just great that we almost forgot it uh, yeah <laughs> it, it, but we did talk about it earlier because i brought it up with the fast and furious and how like that's true Fast and Furious is going to be your crackdown. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, I agree. 
moving back into what we were talking about before, I would give Xbox an A. I mean, just like yeah, I think so. Forza, Gears of War four and five are solid games. Uh, Gears Tactics seems like a very competent tactical game. Uh, Ori, I think both of those are tr- tremendous uh, platformers slash Metroidvanias. We talked about how much Rare Replay is, how cool that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunset Overdrive is pre- one of my favorite games of the generation. Uh, th- they just have a lot of just games that specifically speak to me, but I, I, I think we both can agree there. There are at least a couple games that both of us like. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Uh, now the real question is, where would you put this? If I had to guess where you would put it, you'll probably say under Capcom. I would say that I could see why it would be three mm-hmm. and be above Capcom. Yes. So like, we're getting to a point where we have a pretty good understanding of where one another are going to say. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I can't like argue with you, you know what I mean, about putting it at three because then it's like the three yes. actual console manufacturers are the top three, which like, I guess, you know, because they have to put out the best products they can themselves right. to sell their thing. Yes. So like, I, I can't be like, oh no, but <laughs> yeah, I like, I can see it being number three above Capcom if that's where you would like to put it. Uh, the one thing that I think is interesting with Xbox, and this is going to be something in five years, they are less focused on selling, like making a game and selling it for $60. They are focused on getting people to sign up for Game Pass and then just like keeping that subscription for the rest of their life. And so this is what I was actually going to say is I think that to me is the reason why I would put them above Capcom. Okay. Because out- outside of the games that they developed, mm-hmm. Game Pass is crazy. It, it and it's amazing. But what I was going to say is I wonder how that's going to affect their their strategy in making games. If they're going to yeah. like cuz like are they going to focus on games like God of War where it's just like this single player game that you play, there's nothing to monetize, there's no way to make any money? Or do you think they're going to go into like more games as service where they like you only pay the $15 a month to get into the game, but then like there's some monetizing. So they have different ways of making money. Uh, so like that is one thing with game pass. And I, I'm going to be fascinated to see this next generation to see if that's going to have an effect on the way they make games. So as of right now, I think that they might try to move towards that games as a service thing, because if you think about, some of the newer games that they had acquired studios make like uh, whatever the hell that first one was bloody harvest bleeding edge bleeding. But that was announced before it was, but like bleeding edge is like a multiplayer type thing. Uh, You look at whatever the Forza, whatever the fuck that game is that I can never remember where the kids are small. Oh, grounded grounded, like stuff like that. Like they are making a lot of, strange-ish multiplayer things. I, I mean, yeah, like, even just looking at what they've made this generation. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, the Forza series, even Forza Horizon has a ton of DLC. The Gears of War, they make these campaigns, but those are just as much multiplayer games. Same thing with Halo. Yeah. Halo is the exact same way. 
Uh, Killer Instinct, that one, like, that's so early. That's even before they were even doing Game Pass. Yeah, but that was them really trying to do the games as a service thing. Yes. Uh, but what oh, is... fuck, I just remembered a news story that I forgot. Okay. And it was wild. We can talk about it after we're done with this conversation real okay. quick. Just because I don't know if you saw it or not. Uh, the one is they have that one studio. It's a new studio, and they don't even call it AAA. They call it, like, Quadruple A. Oh, I can't remember what it's an Xbox studio, but that one seems like they're going to be focusing on more like single player, like God of War. I'm just kind of curious to see what like where Xbox is going to be in five years, because they definitely seem to be going the more subscription model where Sony, I fully expect Sony, the PS5 is going to look like exactly like the PS4 and (laughs) It, you know, like Xbox is the weird console publisher that like it seems I don't want to say they're forward thinking, but they're definitely looking at a completely different market. They are. And I mean, they're also going towards the streaming market with xCloud, right? So, yes, they are definitely were like Nintendo and Sony. They are going to be the old guard sticking to what has been working for them for the last 20 years. Well, I think Sony, now that they have seen what Game Pass can do and how they've changed the pricing of PS Now, I think they might start trying to push that a lot. But I still like, I mean, like the games they're going to make are going to be single player, third person narrative action games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And those are not going to be the types of games that are going to be like service games uh, that you can monetize. So like, I think they'll keep pushing the PlayStation Now but I don't know if we're going to see where like Sony games are released day one, like Xboxes. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, to get back to just Xbox, I I would definitely say they should be third. Yeah, we can say that. Okay. Which, as we said, like that puts the three console uh, <laughs> yeah. studios uh, at one, two, three. I think what's also interesting is if you go on the internet, the, cons- the 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 consensus is Sony has amazing first parties and Xbox doesn't have any first party games, which I just I never understood that because like looking at this list, they have quite a few and they have a lot of solid games. They do. But the reason I think that that happens is because a lot of the games that we like and think of as Xbox games like you and me. Right. Like we like Ori. Right. Uh, And stuff like that that might not be as like well known. Whereas I think when most people think like Xbox, they think just Halo and Gears of War. That's true. Whereas like Sony has a lot of games like that. Like people think about God of War, they think about Spider Man, they think about The Last of Us, they think of Knack, even if it's a joke. Right. Like they they have these things that I feel like are more out there, where I feel like a lot of the Xbox games that came out, like Sea of Thieves. Uh, Ori, like even Killer Instinct to a certain extent, like they just had a lot of stuff that might be lesser known. So I maybe just regular people out there don't see it surfaced as much. Even like Sunset Overdrive, it just seems to like it just be this underrated gem that people don't really talk about or even realize exists. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't think people realize like Forza Horizon 4 is probably the best racing game of the generation. Yeah, or they just like don't necessarily like think about that in Xbox in the same breath. Or, or they so. like racing games are just never going to be that popular. They're never going to match up against the 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 you know third person action narrative adventure game. You know, so. mm. 
Uh, but yeah, I I do really, I really I'm looking at this top five, even top six, and I'm just like, man, those are all excellent publishers for this generation. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, that moving Xbox into third uh, knocks Chucklefish off the list. It does. So that means Bethesda for now. Ooh, numero ten is at number ten. <laughs> they were at one point, I think. Se- yeah, they, they were, were high up there. They were <laughs> second at one point. <laughs> Granted, it was the second week. Ooh, how far they? Oh fallen? no, no, no! They were. It was third week because Activision. Oh, it was first that we did rough, but like, yeah, they were second the third week. So they did pretty well for a little they while. They did pretty well. They've fallen, fallen far from, yes. from their graces. Uh, but number 10 is Bethesda. Number nine is CD project red, which we talked about last week. Uh, mm-hmm. eight is Bandai Namco. Seven is five Oh five games. Six is Sega. Five is Ubisoft. Four is Capcom. Three is Xbox. Two is Sony. And number one is Nintendo. Now, have you had a chance to think about what three publishers you would like to bring to the party next week? I have. Uh, I will let you know by Monday, I think. Okay. Which, I mean, you don't have to let me know if you just want well, yeah, to put it in the list. I, I'll let everybody know what I'm the three that I'm bringing. Uh, I'm yeah. doing Image and Form, which they're the, the SteamWorld guys. Yes. Uh, THQ Nordic, which they've had a handful of games this generation and then telltale games just because it feel like that feels like we should at least talk about. Yeah, that's probably true. I know we had that telltale conversation after the studio imploded, but like (sighs) that was more of just like a sad sadness talk. This will be more just like celebrating what telltale did this generation. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of my three are going to break the top 10, but I do think they are deserving of a conversation at least. Yeah, I think that I think that's true. So, and if you don't come up with three games, it's, or three studios, that's not the end of the world. Yeah, um, I will at least have one, and they have a lot of games. I wouldn't mind if one of them was Konami. I do think Konami would be an interesting oh, conversation. God. Gross. Hey, Metal Gear Solid Five. Metal is, Gear Solid Five fucking rules. It, but then, what are we going to talk about? Pests. Uh, Metal <laughs> Pro Gear, Evolution Soccer. Metal Gear Survive. Metal Gear Survive. They made a Contra game last year. They did make a Contra <laughs> game last year. Fuck that game sucked. Okay. Uh, Konami is an interesting one. Where you they, know maybe I'll bring Konami to the table. <laughs> now that I think about that, it, at maybe. least it's an interesting conversation. At least it's an interesting conversation. You're right. You're right. definitely not wrong. <laughs> so. Uh, we will be back with another episode next week. Uh, do yeah. you have anything else that? Oh, you wanted that news? Yeah. Story. So okay, D- this I can't believe I forgot to talk about this. They're making another season of Street Fighter Five DLC. Wait, really? Yeah, dude. I I read the article. I thought it was fake. I because the last one they called Street Fighter Five Complete Edition, right? And they added they added Gil who was almost 100% reused animations from uh, Yurian. And then Seth, who was mostly new, to be fair. But those are like two characters for that season or whatever. And so I was like, oh, this is it. And like, it's the complete version. Every character has all the skins. Like, this this is it. And then they were like, oh, no, 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 no. There's another one where with five new characters. And I was like, what the fuck? Huh. I swear to God. They have to add Dudley. He, 
I come on. It's his time. It's the end of the game. People like it now. Give me my boy. Please. What's sad is it's kind of hit a point where like it's got so many so many characters. It's got a lot of content. Street Fighter 6 is going to come out and just be like people oh yeah. People are going to hate it cuz like there's going to be not going to be any content. It's fine. But I and in my head, I was like, who else can they add to Street Fighter? And then I thought of all the characters I would like them to add. And I got up to like 15 and I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> when was the last There are time... a lot of Street Fighter characters. When was the last time you played it? Uh, when Cody came out, which was a long time. And ago. That was a very long time ago. Yeah. And then I lost all of my rank from high silver to like the lowest bronze tier. <laughs> and I said, "All right, we're good at this game." Because of Cody, yeah. Mm. I just, I just, I, like, I, I don't know. It's not. He's like kind of similar, but not exactly. Right. So it's just one of those things where I was like, I'm trying to learn, but then I'm playing against people who have still been playing this fucking game. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, that rough that would be rough. And like, you played Birdie getting up to that point. And... I did, yes, and he just does a fuckload of damage and is still really good. So, mm-hmm. meh. But yeah, I don't know. They could add Dudley, Rose, Makoto, all oh. the hot faves. Who was that one? Is it Elena? Elena. I said to Willie and Nukia, they, I swear to God, it can't be Elena. I can't, oh. I can't have this again. She would just kill the pacing of a match. Because she was added in Ultra. Yes. And that was the final update for four. If They, they can't do that to me again. Well, you like you're not me. playing it anyway. So no, but I watch it. <laughs> do you? So, like, I yeah. I, okay. But I I can't wait to see five new characters in this product. So, do you think that'll get announced at Evo? Uh, yes, I do. Mm. Well, I at like least one, one of the, the char- characters like, for sure. Yeah, 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 like the first character. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like the last one, they just announced all the characters up front, didn't they? They did, which I would like them to do with this as well um and they're adding three new stages i think or something but which like i understand it's kind of fun to kind of like build up the suspense of the characters but like at the same time if you're asking people to put like 20 dollars into a season pass i think letting people know up front what they're putting those 20 dollars into is probably better yeah no i agree with that um, where like at least with Nintendo the season pass you have a pretty good idea that like you're going to be getting some really cool things mm-hmm. no offense to Street Fighter I don't think they're <laughs> at the same level of Nintendo with Smash Brothers with that stuff no but yeah I'm hoping for Dudley uh, most people want Oro and they've teased him a thousand times so if they don't fucking put Oro in I think people are going to lose their shit do, so do you think there's any potential that there'd be new character <laughs> See, at this point, I don't think they should. <laughs> like, as as much as I would like to see new characters, I do, I do not think they should. I mean, like, Street Fighter has so many characters to pull from. Like, It does, and they already added a fuckload of new characters. One was a whole season of new characters. So, like, I, I think at this point, for your final thing, like, when they when they added E-Honda, Poison, and uh, whoever the fuck the third one was from that. Oh, that was a new character. It was Lucia. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think they have to have at least three of the five be old characters. I mean, I think, like, if you're trying to 
nostalgia wise, close out strong, you got to do it. Uh, yeah, nostalgia wise, I think it's always going to be easier to pick five. Although, like when you do that, like five old characters, you're always going to have those people that are complaining that like their character is not one of the five. Yeah, but like at this point, they're like I said, there are like 15 characters that I could think of that I think would be cool in it. Right. But like realistically, most oh fuck, I forgot Yun and Yang aren't in it. Ooh, they could be my boys. But yeah, I don't know. So like there are people's favorite spots. characters. I oh, I do. Oh, you do? Okay. They're so different. I would take Yun Yang, Dudley, Rose, and Oro would be my hot picks. Except that I think they're gonna add C Viper. And in Abel. Oh fuck, Abel's not in it either. He wasn't even in my list. I like Abel too though. Wasn't he in the the He was the in the story, yes. Uh there were a couple Oro was in the story. There were a couple other characters. Yeah. Yeah, Abel's kinda cool. Yeah, Abel's an interesting character, as as is Oro, which mm-hmm. is why I think a lot of people want him. Um and people were freaking out that C Viper was a new character in four and they did not add her. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what they pull for their last five, mm-hmm. which they said the last one was the last one. So when they say this is the last DLC, I don't fully believe it, but I think that uh, it's going to be hard to stretch it further than this. Cause I, mean, I was shocked. That's five years. That's a really good uh, life cycle for a multiplayer game. Yeah, it is. And then, maybe start fresh on the the new consoles next year. But yeah, I, I absolutely thought it was a fake article. Oh, I guess we could, I guess I, I meant to talk about this when PS five, I don't know if you saw this, but PlayStation announced that like their PS five games are going to be PS five only. Yes, they did say that Jim Ryan said that he wants to, so like they are going the exact opposite of Xbox where Xbox yes, is they are. going both, which I, I, I think that just kind of shows the two companies and how different they're going. Xbox is looking to build a platform and get you to buy that subscription. So it makes sense to like, they want you to have that subscription where PlayStation, they want you to buy the console and they want you to spend $60 on the new games. Yeah. So like if that makes complete sense to me because they're like PlayStation wants you in that the you playing the new consoles. So yeah. Yeah. Do you think Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Six would be a con- like a PlayStation exclusive, or do you think Capcom is back on track where they don't need the the Sony money? I would like to believe that Capcom is back on track and doesn't need the Sony money. Um, I. I think that I want them to make a Marvel game. They're not going to do it. I but. I would ra- rather they just re-release Marvel three. Although I don't think they need to re-release it because it should no, just it's be on PS4. Yeah, it should just be backwards compatible at this point. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, People I, seem to believe that there is some type of announcement brewing. So I who knows. I would believe a Street Fighter 6 over a Marvel game. Oh, I wouldn't. Really? Especially after they just announced this new season of DLC. Because, like, uh, Street Fighter 5 has been out longer than the last Marvel game. No, that's true, but they just announced a new season, which will go on for at least another six, seven months. So if they were going to announce another fighting game, it would be a Marvel game, because that's the only thing that they have. I just don't think they'll announce anything. 
I think their <laughs> That's next fair. I think their next game is going to be a next gen Street Fighter game. That's that's what my guess would be. Yeah. Uh, just because I just don't have any faith in the Marvel franchise. <laughs> oh, poor Infinite. Yeah. On that sad note, that they killed Marvel, uh, <laughs> oh, we're gonna for... end. We're gonna end the podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is. Yeah, I will. I totally lost my train of thought. We will catch you guys next week when we talk about. Uh, the three publishers that Matt mentioned earlier that he picked, and I will pick three. Mm-hmm. Now, now Konami. I'm thinking about Konami. <laughs> Might have to do that. Uh, but yeah, as always, the theme song "Sting Operation" by the band Anamanaguchi. Check them out; they're an awesome chiptune band. And check us out again next week for more hot video game action. Peace out. <laughs>